morning, we're running with Mark, the gospel writer, through his account of Jesus' life in Mark chapter 1. We're in a series that we're running to the cross, race to the cross. And uh, this morning, I want to remind you, as we sit in temperature control room, that there are thousands of people gathered downtown Houston this morning running what? What's happening? It's the marathon. Yeah, it's the Chevron Houston Marathon. This morning, the recreational runners that have been training, along with the Olympic hopefuls, they are, well, they're running right now. Um, and if you're still running, you're probably not an Olympic hopeful at this point. That's dawning, in, that's dawning on you at this moment. But it's a fun time, and uh, there's a lot of excitement running together. There's a lot of events around the, the race as well. Two years, uh, two years ago, 2022, the American women's world record was set at the Houston Chevron Marathon. And then it was broken again in 2023 at a pace of two hours, 18 minutes, and 29 seconds. Whew. That's a five-minute, 41-second mile. I don't think I could trot out to Highway 6 in two hours and 18 minutes and 26 seconds. Mark, in his gospel, moves, and he's moving this morning, and we're already like five minutes behind Jesus in his movements around all, everything that he's doing. So you've got to open up your Bibles with me. If you're with us online, you can find the, the, the form to follow along with us in the link below. There's a listening guide in your service folder as well. You can open up your app. You can grab your Bible. Mark chapter 1, 21 says this, they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into their synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. On our run with Mark this morning, the first leg of the run is this. Notice Jesus' astonishing authority goes viral in hearts. Jesus is moving along. He's done his first miracle at Cana where he turns water into wine. And now he and his disciples and his, perhaps his mother, they move to Capernaum, which is on the Sea of Galilee, on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee, where there's trade routes. So everything, all the news that would come through Capernaum would go out into the country, would go out into the county, would go out into the trade routes. So it's a very strategically placed city, or I'm going to call it a little town, that Jesus chooses to set up shop for his ministry. And he goes into the synagogue on one Sabbath day, on a Saturday, which was their worship day, and as was custom, a teacher or a rabbi was chosen to do the teaching for that day. So he stands up, he reads from the scriptures, and then when it's time for the sermon, he sits down and the people stand, which Pastor Boshek Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe in the future, the pastor should sit and the people should stand for the sermon. And then he says some incredible things. He makes claims. 
in the scriptures that have never been heard before, and he doesn't cite sources. That's what that means when it says that he's speaking on his authority. He wasn't quoting other rabbis like Gamaliel and other famous rabbis of the dime. That's what you usually would do. You would read the scriptures, and then you'd say, this is what this rabbi says, and this is what that rabbi says. But Jesus, he sits down, and he says, this is what I say. I'm not citing other sources. I'm speaking on authority. And the people were amazed. New teaching? He's not teaching about rules and regulations and about the things that you have to do to get to heaven. He's teaching about the kingdom of heaven, and, and he, he's opening up the eyes of people by pointing them to the authority of his word. And for the skeptics in the crowd that said, what does he think he is? Who does he think he is speaking on his own authority? Where are his sources? His sources were right in the room. There's a man possessed by a demon, and he's spouting off about all this. Jesus, you're the son of the Most High. And, and it was true Jesus was the son of the Most High, but it was bad publicity coming from a demon because, you know, Satan, he twists things, and so you can't tell if he's telling the truth or not, causing mass confusion. And before security could get him, Jesus says to that spirit, Shut up! Get out! And the spirit ghosted. And the man had peace. His life was restored. Jesus was saying to the people, that's my source. Cite that. I have authority to speak the word of God on my own. And you can look at the proof. Look at my sources. Talk to that man that, just ha- that was just healed. He'll tell you about my authority. And the people were amazed. And they were awed. And some of them were shook. Wow, where does he get this authority? Two points. And we got to go on to the next leg. Number one, God speaks on his own authority. And when God speaks, he doesn't need the backing of human philosophy. He doesn't need the backing of a really smart scientist. He doesn't need the backing of really fancy ideas that the world has. This word that Jesus speaks to us stands on its own authority, my friends. It doesn't need to be propped up. Um, a really uh, famous speaker and writer and thinker, Charles Hodge, once said, the best evidence of the Bible's being the Word of God is to be found between its covers. It proves itself. And the second thing to take away from this is the devil's heart at work today. He was shaking a man. He was possessing a man in this account. And trust me, the devil is not a one trick lion. He can use many different ways to possess minds, and he's doing it today by turning people's light into darkness and drawing them away from the light into some very dark places. And his toolbox is powerful, and his toolbox has a lot of different tricks in it. But Jesus has the authority in those places in our lives that we have darkness. You can trust his authority. It stands on its own. Cite the sources right here in his word we got to move on to the next part because Jesus is moving and we're like four minutes behind him at this point. But we're catching up. After this, 29, as soon as, if you have your Bible, you can circle that word. This is a big word throughout this section. It's the word oithos and it means immediately. Jesus is moving on immediately, immediately. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately, Oithus, told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. 
That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because he knew who, they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. The second leg of our run with, with, with Mark this morning is this. Jesus' astonishing pace paves roads for the gospel. As soon as he's finished at the synagogue, he leaves and he's told that his disciple Peter's mother and Andrew's mother was sick. And so he goes to that house. Now, uh, in 2010, I visited Israel and I got to see the archaeological digs at Capernaum. And you know what? They believe they found Simon Peter's house. They found Simon Peter's house. And, of course, when you find a house uh, in ancient ruins and you think it's significant, you build a church that looks like a spaceship over top of it because it totally fits in with the settings. You can go into that church, by the way, and you can look down into that room that's mentioned right here, that room that's mentioned right here. And it's, you can just imagine the whole town flooding this little tiny house. Jesus is burning the midnight oil, healing demons, but this time he's putting the muzzle on them so they can't talk because his authority stands on its own. Jesus, incredible pace. He's working day. He's working night. He's up early in the morning, the next morning, and he goes away because he needs to speak to his father. He needs rest and solace with his heavenly father, and he gets away but then his disciples come to him and they say, watch out, there's a tidal wave of people coming, the news is spreading because the gospel has gone viral, Jesus' authority has gone viral in their hearts. They've heard the word, that's the authoritative word. They've seen Jesus' deeds and so they're taking all of their cares and all of their worries to him. They run out to the isolated places and they find him again. And Jesus, before they, they, before they get to him, Jesus says this, uh, this verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. When Jesus knows that the gospel has been planted in a place, what does he do next? He goes to the next place where the gospel isn't planted when his authority has been established in one place, what does he do next? He says, there's other people that need to know about my authority. So he moves on to the next place, the next village. When you and I live in community, God bless all of our relationships. And uh, I'm going to talk about this in just a bit, about our, our Christian relationships that we build with one another. But as you live in your neighborhoods and in your community, and within this five-mile radius around Divine Savior Church, you know who I'm talking to, you members that live right here. Think about the next person, the next village, the person that is not connected to Jesus, the person that is being attacked by Satan with all of his tricks to pull them away from the light. Think about that. That's why Jesus came, to find the lost, to win souls to heaven. That's why we exist as Divine Savior Church, to change lives with Jesus as we worship, connect, and serve, as we grow richer in, in relationship with Jesus, with one another in worship and small groups, 
as we grow in our faith, a faith that makes us look for the next village, look for the next person, look for that person that is not connected to Jesus, because that's what Jesus came to do, to save the lost. We've got to keep going. Last leg of the race with Mark this morning. The last leg, verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, Oithus, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once, Oithus, with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Part three, Jesus' astonishing willingness makes us clean. A leper. In those days, leprosy was a terrible disease, as it is today where there's places where there's no medicine for it, but it would literally eat away at your skin. And then it would eat away at body parts. And eventually, it would kill you by eating away at internal organs. It was a truly horrible way to die. And leprosy was contagious. And so there were leper laws that if your family member had leprosy, they had to leave the house and live in isolation. Can you imagine sending away your daughter, your son, your father, your mother? Never to touch them again. Maybe to speak at, with them at a distance, but never to embrace them, never to hug them. Lepers were isolated. Lepers were unclean. The church laws said that they were unclean and they couldn't come into any kind of place of worship. So there goes your worship life with your church community. Now put yourself in that leper's sandals. The leper law said when he walked into town, he had to cry out, Unclean, 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 so that everybody knew he was dirty and untouchable. Everybody would stay away. But Jesus' authority and Jesus' love and Jesus' compassion had taken root and gone viral in this man's heart, which made him cry out to Jesus when he saw him, not unclean, 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 but what? If you are willing, Jesus, you can make me clean. And Jesus responds with three things. Number one, Jesus was indignant, our translation says. But another word that I like better in the older translation that captures it better, Jesus had compassion on this man. His heart ached. His heart is moved because he loves the unclean. Number two, Jesus does something. He breaks laws. He breaks the leper law. He reaches out and he touches the man that hasn't been touched in maybe years because his heart was moved by this man who was unclean. He touched him and then he said, I am willing. Be clean. And the man immediately, Oithus, his skin became new. 
Jesus said to the man, go to the priests, go to the clergy, and do what the law says to do. They have to examine you. They have to make, you have to make a sacrifice according to the Mosaic law. Go to the priest and do all of this. And then notice it said, as a testimony to them about what? Jesus' power. Jesus was reaching out to the clergy that wouldn't believe in his authority. What did the man do? Well, he got scatterbrained, like many of us do. That's my interpretation. Uh, This man should have, probably may have later, but he didn't do what Jesus said. So he disobeyed Jesus, and instead that excitement, maybe you've been excited about something before, and so you've you've kind of just, you just start blurting it out. He goes into the town, and he starts telling everybody about this one that he made him clean, the one that can make people clean, the one that can make everyone clean. And so he goes and he spreads this to all the people, and Jesus immediately realizes man, this guy's spilling the tea everywhere, so more people are going to be coming to me. I'm going to have to get out of here again, and he does. But the people still are looking for him, and they still go after him. And that's the last leg of today's run with with Mark. What's the point? The point is that you and I are unclean, like that leper. Leprosy separated him from... All other people separated him from worship life because of the leper laws. You and I are separated from God. And you might think to yourself, well, I've lived a pretty good life. You know, I've been good. I haven't murdered anybody or, or, or I haven't cheated on anything major. Well, Jesus says, I have authority to look all the way into your heart and see you all the way through. Have you ever been slighted by somebody? Maybe they've made you look bad in public and you thought to yourself, oh, I hope that she burns her biscuits. That's sin. And it starts in the heart. The root becomes a shoot, becomes a tree, becomes fruit. But anywhere in there, wherever there's even an evil thought or intention, Jesus says, that's the leper law that separates you from God that makes you unclean. So what's the solution? You and I have to cry out to Jesus, unclean, unclean, unclean. Or do you and I cry out to Jesus, if you are willing, make me clean. And Jesus' answer for you and me is the same as his answer for the leper. He had compassion on you. He reached out his hands Hands that healed people, hands that drove out demons, hands that had all the power and authority in the world. He reached those hands out and he touched you and me in this way. He reached out those hands and let evil hands drive nails through his innocent hands. And on that cross, as he was taking on your and my sin to make us clean, Jesus said his biggest, I am willing, be clean. And when he rose from the dead, he said, and there's the receipt. There's my power. There's my authority. Your sins are forgiven, my friends. Your relationship with God is right. This is the news that went viral across that whole county. This is the news that goes viral here at Divine Savior Church, whether you're new with us or whether you've attended a long time. Jesus died on the cross to take away our sins, and Jesus died on the cross to transform us. He put us in community with each other. And if you look through this uh, run with Mark that we had this morning, 
every person that encountered his authority and his love and his compassion was changed. You and I encounter his love and authority and compassion at the cross, and so that's where we go as a community. We go with one another out into the world. We go with one another to encourage one another in, in Bible study, in, in church. We do life together. And that's what really I want to encourage you in closing, for you new members coming forward today to, and you longtime members that are here today, to get yourself involved in a community where Jesus' love and power is, goes viral, where we can carry each other's burdens, where we can pray for one another, where we can say it's going to be okay and we're going to return back to Jesus' authority to find our answers. And that's called Connect Groups. And we're launching them, relaunching them today. There are places like in just a few moments, right after this service, there's a sermon-based Connect Group that's going to discuss what we just heard in depth. There's a Bible-themed-based Connect Group happening at the same time. And you're invited to both. But there's Connect Groups that happen Sunday afternoon. This afternoon, there's a new Connect Group that's happening. That's looking at God's authority and saying, am I, am I using my time the way and in stewardship the way that God would want me to? There's connect groups happening this week. If you're new with us, there's one on Wednesday night called Start, and it's a place for you to get connected. Or if you've been a member here for a long time and you're starting to get cobwebs about this or that teaching, you can come to it. It's Wednesday night, the same time as a men's group that's starting on the same night, same time. A place where... The men are looking into God's word and saying, what does God's word have to say about my role, about my job as a man? There's a connect group happening on Wednesday night. That's another sermon-based connect group. There's a connect group happening on Thursday night. That's a sermon-based connect group. There's a connect group happening on, Sunday, on Saturday mornings for women to look through the book of Ruth and find their meaning and find their purpose and find and rediscover their walk together as women in God's word. That's the run for today. Jesus' authority goes viral in our hearts, and it stands on its own. So let's return to that. Jesus' compassion for the lost, his pace is great, so let's keep looking for those people that aren't connected to Jesus. Let's move on to the next person, and the next person, and the next person. And Jesus' willingness, his astounding willingness, that gave his life for you on the cross, moves us closer to him and into Christian community. So, run the good race. Run the amazing race. The race that Jesus has won for you and me at the cross. Amen. Amen.